On this episode of The Greatest Podcast, I give you a brief update of what's been going down in my life. I share an email from a listener, and then we're going to rip into the meat, part three of the life of Joseph. Life is about to rock Joseph like a hurricane. You know what I'm saying? Little old school Scorpions reference. Epic, dude. As we dig into the life of Joseph, there is so much for us to learn from him that can genuinely help us become better men, stronger men, godlier men, men whom God uses to make an impact upon our family, friends, church, neighbors, co-workers, etc. The story of Joseph is going to help us grow in our understanding of who God is and also better understand this journey that we're on of following Christ. It's a journey that includes temptation, pain, disappointment, doubts, fears, resistance, opposition, persecution, and Joseph shows us how to respond to all of it. So go grab your Bible, your pen, your journal, and a fresh hot cup of coffee or tea and turn to Genesis chapter 37 for part three of the life of Joseph. It's going to rock you like a hurricane. So here, we go. Yeah, you know what time it is. This is Matt Dobshoots from Porn Free Radio, and you're listening to my brother from another mother, Jason George, right here on the Grizz Podcast. This is not your typical cookies and milk podcast for Christian dudes. The Grizz serves the meat. Raw, real, and relevant. USDA Prime. It's time to step up and man up. That's what God expects, and that's what this jacked up world desperately needs. So bring the meat, Grizz. I'm out. Yo, what's up, all my brothers from other mothers around the world? Thanks so much for taking time to tune in and listen to the Grizz podcast. I am here with a hot cup of tea, actually, taking a break from coffee because <laughs> I've already had two cups today. Uh, and truly, listen, you are my brothers from other mothers around the world. We got brothers listening from around the world. I'm so grateful for that. Technology is amazing in that aspect. I recently received an email from a listener in Sweden. Sweden. Dude, that's crazy. He writes... Hey, Jason, first of all, thank you very much for putting out awesome content every week, even when you are suffering the flare-ups of your illness. It's very encouraging to see, or in this case, hear, all the effort you make to help this great community. I wanted to get in touch with you after listening to the latest episode, Ruler of the Storm, because you mentioned you have been having tough days lately due to the Lyme flare-ups. 
When you said you have been having strong headaches, I instantly remembered all the effort my wife has put into detoxing her system because of a lifelong battle against migraines. You probably have seen this tip in at least some of the books you've read, and I know how much coffee is important to you. But when my wife removed coffee and chocolate from her diet, it was so much more effective to get rid of the migraines since these substances are stimulators and can trigger them. I hope and pray that you get well soon, and may God sustain you through this battle. Best regards, Thomas, a Brazilian listener living in Sweden. That's so cool, man. Let me grab a sip of my hot tea. Yeah! (laughs) Thomas, man, so good to hear from you, brother. Thanks for the words of guidance and encouragement. Man, I tried giving up coffee, and it lasted for like one day. I gave in to the flesh. Giving up dark chocolate is easier for me. I don't have uh, much chocolate or sugar, for that matter, because it feeds the bacteria my body is battling. But man, giving up coffee is like, losing my right arm. It is difficult for me, very difficult. I've also been trying to do intermittent fasting where I don't eat from like 6 p.m. to 9 a.m., 15-hour fast. It sounds easy. Um, It's supposed to be really good for your digestive system, also for losing weight, but that's been difficult too. I I couldn't believe how much I'm addicted to snacking at night when I'm sitting with my wife and watching some TV. It's just crazy, man. Like, I'm the level of like a crack addicted fiend, Uh, but I'm working on it. I'm trying to replace my snacking with uh, snacking on some sunflower seeds, and it actually worked the other night. Anyway, what else is going down? Last week, I got to enjoy uh, a day or two uh, in the afternoon after I got done my work. I went out, did some kayak fishing here in the low country of South Carolina. Now, this is inshore fishing. It's a totally different game than you freshwater fishing brothers. I caught uh, several sea trout and also caught my first flounder. Um, I was fishing from an old school sit-in kayak. I'm saving up for one of those sit-on-top, pedal-drive Kobe kayaks. Uh, Kobe, Hobie, Hobie kayaks with the H. Because, uh, dude, that's where it's at. Uh, I got to use a friend's Hobie fishing pedal-drive kayak. And, man, I was like, this is the jank right here. I mean, those things... Uh, they aren't cheap though. Like they're, they're expensive. And I recently got a mountain bike this year, a new one, a nice one, a Santa Cruz. So I got to save up or I thought about selling some of my tools, my old landscaping equipment from a landscaping business I was doing that I'm just not using anymore. They're just kind of sitting there. But, man, I love being out on the water in a kayak or a boat. It is just so relaxing, total therapy, connect with God, creation, just the wildlife, the birds. We've got so many amazing species of birds here in the low country. I love seeing them. And I'll take that any day over watching TV, YouTube, or video games. What else is going down? 
I am still working out for those of you who are interested in that. I was around 220 pounds about a year ago. I'm down to 205. I'm trying to get to 190. Um, I really enjoy working out. I want to do more. Uh, I want to go harder on my workouts, but it seems like every time I do, it causes a flare-up of symptoms for me with my Lyme disease and the co-infections that are in my body. Uh, that's what happened to me yesterday after I worked out. Man, it just it gets so annoying. And my son, um, Noah, is back doing jujitsu, and I wish I could do it too. Uh, he wrestled all growing up. He took a break from it, and then he got into guitar music, uh, guitar and music, uh, for years, he did really well at that. Um, but then he gets into the Navy ROTC program at the University of Pitt, and he gets super into working out, fitness, and really starts putting on some good muscle. And now he's back rolling again, doing jujitsu. And he's always, you know, FaceTiming me and telling me uh, just about the. Uh, the time he's able to go live on open mat and telling me stuff he's learning, the moves he's gotten caught in, some of the moves he's able to put other guys on. He gets excited about some of the new chokeholds he's learning. Uh, and I'm excited for him, but I also get jealous, you know, like not in a bad way, not in a sinful way, but just wishing I could get to a place with my health to be able to train at that level and it not make me flare up. Like, I, I know I can't go like I did when I was younger, 20 years old. I know I don't heal up as quick. I'm getting older. I, I get all that. But there are a lot of guys that start jujitsu later in life. And I have a little bit of a wrestling background, wrestled for several years. And um, I just would love to get back into it, man. Anyway, those are some uh, random things <laughs> that are going on in my life and in my mind. Anyway, enough small talk about my life. Let's go ahead and dig into the meat of this week's episode. All right, do you got your Bible? If you do, you can turn to Genesis chapter 37. Since you're turning there, I guess I better turn there. Here it is. Genesis chapter 37. This is what it says. Jacob lived in the land of his father's sojournings, in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was pastor in the flock with his brothers. He was a boy with the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to their father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any other of his sons, because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a robe of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. Now Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, Hear this dream that I have dreamed. Behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright. And behold, your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. His brothers said to him, Are you indeed to reign over us? Or are you indeed to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then he dreamed another dream and told it to his brothers and said, 
Behold, I have dreamed another dream. Behold, the sun, the moon, and eleven stars were bowing down, were bowing down to me. But when he told it to his father and to his brothers, his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall I and your mother and your brothers indeed come to bow ourselves to the ground before you? And his brothers were jealous of him. But his father kept the saying in mind. We'll stop right there. So at this point in Joseph's life, many things are going well for him. He's the favorite son of his father, Jacob. He's living a privileged life. Now, this quote-unquote privilege may seem like a blessing, but it ends up causing major family problems. As I've said before, showing favoritism to one of your children is horrible parenting. Horrible I can't emphasize that enough. It divides Jacob's family. It causes major tension and dysfunction. Joseph is greatly loved by his father. But listen, just because of that, that doesn't mean he lives in a peaceful, harmonious, loving, godly family. His brothers hate him. Hate him. We will see this hatred and where it leads coming up. This parental favoritism by Jacob towards Joseph is even revealed. Let me grab a sip of my hot tea real quick for my throat. It is revealed by the tunic or the robe that he, Jacob, gave to Joseph. Now, guys, listen. This is no ordinary robe. No other son received a robe like this one. It had significant meaning that his brothers immediately picked up on. You know, my entire life, I'm 47 years old, 47, getting old. I was told that Jacob gave Joseph a tunic or a robe of many colors, and that's probably what you've heard as well. So I've always envisioned Joseph walking around in some bizarre-looking rainbow-colored robe that I wouldn't be caught dead in, you know what I'm saying? Yeah! Even when I was a kid going to Sunday school classes or children's church, this is what was taught to us by our teachers. Some of you remember the old church flannel graphs, and like me, you remember seeing a cartoon Joseph in a rainbow-colored robe. But that is all wrong. Let me grab another sip. According to the original Hebrew language, which the Old Testament was written in, the book of Genesis was written in the Hebrew language, um, it's been a poor translation of the Hebrew to say that it is a robe or tunic of many colors. I'm not kidding with this. I just found this out this past week. One of my favorite theologians to read from is the late James Montgomery Boyce. And in his commentary on Genesis, I want you to listen to what he writes. 
quote unquote, the coat of many colors is an unfortunate mistranslation. The Hebrew words that are so translated are generally thought to be uncertain, since the key word, kathoneth, which means tunic, is followed by the word pasim, which should mean ankles or wrist. This has been misconstrued as meaning, quote-unquote, many colors or, quote-unquote, richly ornamented. But it is more likely that it means exactly what it says, namely that Joseph, Joseph's coat or robe extended to his ankles and wrist. Most tunics or robes were sleeveless and stopped at the knees. They were worn by working men. A long-sleeved, tailored garment was worn by one who did not have to work. End quote. Dude, that is so significant. So Joseph's brothers immediately picked up on the significant meaning of this kathoneth pasim, or pasim, this long-sleeved, tailored tunic robe. They picked up on the significant meaning of it. Joseph doesn't have to work the way his brothers have to work. This robe signifies status, nobility, privilege. It is something an overseer would wear to reveal preeminence over the workers, a.k.a. his brothers. By giving Joseph this robe, Jacob was boldly saying, To all of his other sons, Joseph is my favorite. Joseph is better than you are. Joseph is more important than you are. Joseph is your overseer. Joseph doesn't have to work the dirty, sweaty, blue-collar jobs like you do to provide for the family. And I'm like, excellent parenting, Jacob. I mean, brilliant. This is going to go over really well. Like, what are you thinking, man? You're an idiot. You're an absolute idiot father for doing this. It makes no sense to me. I mean, you can imagine how this made Joseph's brothers feel. Anger, jealousy, envy, resentment, hate. And it caused major problems for Joseph. In verse 4 of chapter 37, it says his brothers hated him so much that they couldn't speak a kind word to him. Not one kind word. Can you imagine living in a home like that? This whole thing is a gunpowder keg ready to explode. And then Joseph goes and pours gasoline on top of that gunpowder keg when he tells his brothers about a strange dream that he had. Genesis 37, verses 5 through 8. Now Joseph had a dream. When he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, Hear this dream that I have dreamed. Behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright. And behold, your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. 
His brothers said to him, Are you indeed to reign over us, or are you indeed to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. It keeps saying that. They hated him even more. His brothers hear this dream, and I imagine them being like, What? <laughs> what? You've got to be out of your flipping mind, boy. You think that one day you're going to be our master? We're going to bow down to you? Your special robe from daddy has gone to your head, you arrogant ass. Like, I can hear it, man. But Joseph's not done. He comes back after having another strange dream, and this time tells the whole family, about this dream. Genesis 37, verses 9 through 11. Then he dreamed another dream, told it to his brothers, and said, Behold, I have dreamed another dream. Behold, the sun, the moon, and 11 stars were bowing down to me. But when he told it to his father and to his brothers, his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall I and your mother and your brothers indeed come to bow ourselves to the ground before you? And his brothers were jealous of him. But his father kept the saying in mind. Even old daddy Jacob shook his head at this dream. I imagine that he said something like, hold on, hold on. Are you trying to tell us that I'm the sun, your mother is the moon, and your brothers are the 11 stars, and one day we're all going to bow down to you like you're some sort of master over us? The scripture says that Daddy Jacob rebuked Joseph, but it also says that he kept the words of Joseph's dream in mind. Think about it, guys. This is not the first time that Joseph has had dreams. We all have dreams. We've had dreams since we were infants, toddlers, little kids. We grow up into our teen years. We have dreams. We dream at night. Sometimes you remember them. Sometimes you don't. But for some reason, these dreams are different. Joseph knows that. Joseph knows in his heart that they mean something. I believe that Joseph knows they are prophetic dreams from God. He doesn't understand them, but he knows. I don't think Joseph is trying to stir the hornet's nest intentionally. I believe he's sincerely saying, look, I'm just telling you, these dreams are different. There's something to these dreams. These were not normal dreams. Daddy Jacob responds to all of this as a bad father. He and everyone else got the point of these dreams, and he could visibly see what all of this stirred up among his other sons says that they hated him even more. But Daddy Jacob does nothing, nothing to resolve the tension. 
the conflict, the hatred, the dysfunction in the family. He walks away and he leaves it as it is. He doesn't even try to bring peace and harmony in his family. Guys, listen to me. That's bad parenting. That's passive parenting. That's weak parenting, cowardly parenting. Parenting older children, as I'm finding out, is hard work. And Jacob fails again. My brothers who are fathers or soon to be fathers, don't be like Jacob. Listen, blessed are the peacemakers, Jesus said. When there's tension, hatred, jealousy, problems, conflict in your home, you, as the dad, are the God-appointed leader who is called to intervene. You pray, and then you intervene. You go do your best with God's help to try and bring peace, harmony, unity to your family. Does it always work? No, I can attest to that. I can't control how my children respond. They have a free will to make their own life decisions, and they will deal with their decisions and the consequences. But I must do my best to step up, to man up, and try to lovingly lead them in the way they should go. Then it's on them. I pray for them, but it's on them. But I refuse to be a passive parent, and you must refuse that too. That's the manly thing to do. That's the godly thing to do. That is grizzen. Also, something else I want to mention about Jacob's favoritism of Joseph. Hang on, grab a sip of my tea. A little peppermint. It wasn't just the special robe or tunic that he gave Joseph to uh, show the other brothers, the other sons, that Joseph was the favorite. It wasn't just the robe. Jacob also gave Joseph land. I'm serious. Now, this fact is not revealed here in Genesis, but it is revealed later in the New Testament. You see, in the Gospel of John, chapter 4, where Jesus meets the woman at the well, we are told that the well was near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. John 4, verse 5. This is significant information to this story of Joseph's life. For Jacob to give Joseph land not just a robe or a tunic. That, the the giving of land, indicated that Joseph was to be the heir rather than the firstborn, Reuben. Joseph is the designated heir, not any of the other brothers. Now, it's possible that Jacob may have chosen to take away Reuben's inheritance as a punishment for uh, Reuben's sexual sin with his stepmother, Bilhah. But still, 
Jacob solely gave the land to Joseph. That's what it says in John 4, verse 5. Just Joseph. This is the only land that we know of that Jacob owned and gave to just Joseph. These are all reasons why Joseph's brothers grew to envy and hate him. So it's the way his father treats him, privileged, doesn't have to work, the robe, the tunic, and it's also the, uh, the dreams really bother the brothers. And then it's his dad gives him the land. Joseph is the heir. But I believe there is another reason why the brothers hated him. And this may be the main reason that they hated him. You ready for this? They hated him because he lived righteous before God, and they did not. Look at the track record of Joseph's brothers. They're involved in lying, murder, incest, and other sexual sins, then violence against their brother Joseph, and then selling him as a slave. They're involved in human trafficking of their own blood brother. Joseph's brothers don't give a rip about honoring God and living manly. Looking at their lives, it's obvious that they only care about whatever benefits them. And Joseph, he's very different. Joseph, as we shall see, honors God and lives manly. Joseph is a faithful man of God. And we're going to see this revealed throughout this lesson series. Joseph stood for truth and righteousness. And do you know what that does to people who love darkness and sin? It exposes their sinful lives. Joseph's righteous life exposed his brother's sinful lives. I believe this is another reason they hated him and wanted to kill him. This is a big reason why they want him out of the picture. John 3, verses 20 and 21 says, For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his work should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Listen, guys, people of darkness hate people of light because their godly life exposes their sinful life, period. That's how it is. That's how it's always been. Nothing has changed. It's the same way today. If you live a godly life, you will be hated by people of darkness, people who love to live in their sin. They're going to hate you. You say, I didn't do anything to them. It doesn't matter. Your righteous life exposes their sinful life, and they'll hate you just because of that. 2 Timothy 3, verses 12 through 13 says, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. That's one promise from God that 
we don't like, do we? Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Joseph's brothers hated him and persecuted him because he was not like them. Joseph stood for truth and righteousness and lived it. He lived a godly life and they did not. Joseph lived manly and they did not. Listen to me, guys. I wrap up with this. To live godly is to live manly because that's the hard thing to do. To live godly is the hard thing. Sinful living is easy. It comes natural to us. Any boy can follow his natural sinful impulses. The truly challenging and agonizing work is godly living in the daily grind of life. That's the climb up the narrow and difficult trail of following Christ to the summit of eternal life. Real men live godly. They're the real rebels. Joseph was a rebel. He swam upstream. He didn't go with the flow of what everyone around him was doing. He'd rather be rejected and stand alone with God than be accepted and run with fools, his brothers. Let me grab a sip of my tea. Getting worked up. Joseph is about to have his whole life rocked by a hurricane. He's going to suffer greatly, and it'll be for an extended period of time, years upon years. You'll see that in upcoming lessons. And here's what I want you to keep in mind, guys. Joseph doesn't know how this story is going to turn out. He has no idea that his life story makes the pages of Scripture for generations to read and learn from. At this point in his life, no scripture is recorded. There is no type of Bible. So he didn't see the end of, the, of, of his story and how it was all going to turn out. And neither can you and I, right? We can't see the end of our stories and how they're going to turn out. We see today. We see right here, right now. And some of you listening, you're being rocked by some type of hurricane. You're suffering for an extended period of time with some sort of pain, disappointment, affliction, hardship, trial. And so am I. I hate what Lyme disease and these other co-infections from a tick bite have done to my physical health, to my brain, to my memory, to my ability to go and enjoy life and work like a normal person. I live with chronic pain. I'm in pain right now. Some days are better than others, but yesterday sucked. I went to the gym, I worked out, and I, I guess I pushed too hard. Here's all I did. Listen to my workout. I got on the stair stepper. I did 50 floors. It's not too much. I walked four laps around the indoor track. I did three sets of push-ups, five sets of dumbbell bench, three sets of incline bench, four sets of triceps, four sets of biceps. And then I did four sets of dead hangs. That's it. That's all I did. Not that intense, right? But it caused some sort of a flare-up. 
and knock the crap out of me. It's hard for others to understand unless they've experienced it. There's this wicked head pressure that comes on. My brain has literal inflammation, and that causes horrible brain fog where it's difficult to process information and difficult to articulate. It affects my memory and even literally hurts my head to talk. I feel mentally slower like molasses is in my brain. Then there's this toxic, sick feeling that comes over me. And I feel this strange, deep, dark type of depression. Or it could be an anxiety that hits where I feel like I want to jump out of my skin. Because flare-ups can mess with my nervous system. It's not my first rodeo. It forces me to go lay down for an hour. And I don't want to lay down. I want to get things done. I got a big to-do list. I got things I want to accomplish and, and enjoy. And I just lay there. And I try to rest. And I just begin praying. Asking God to intervene. I have to remind myself that it's going to pass. I start reminding myself of God's promises. He's with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's got you. You're held in his hand. This is the only hell you'll ever endure, Jason. Your home is heaven. I literally have to talk myself out of where my mind wants to go. I get up after an hour of laying down. I take some supplements and some Advil that try to combat it. My daughter comes home from school, and I put on a positive, happy face, and I talk about her day. Then I led an online men's group at 9 p.m. last night, and I felt rough through the entire meeting. But God gave me the grace and strength to get through it. Was I at my best? Not at all. So that's a little glimpse of my hurricane that I've been living through for many years. If you're a regular listener to the Grizz podcast, been listening for years, you've heard me talk about it. Again, some days are not that bad. I recently had some good days where I could go mountain biking or go kayak fishing. I'm still suffering some, you know, during those days, but it's manageable. And I give thanks for those better days. They're awesome. Some of you listening right now, you are facing your own hurricane. It may look very different than mine. I want you to get this point. Just like Joseph, right now in the present, We can't see the end of the story. We can't see how all of this works out for good like Romans 8.28 talks about. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Right now, what you're going through, it doesn't make sense, right? What you're going through isn't fair, right? 
by the way, listen, you don't want God to be fair. If you got fair from God, you would be in hell right now. So would I. But I get it. What you're going through doesn't make sense, and it doesn't feel fair. I get that. I'm living it. At times, it also feels like God is a million miles away, like he's not listening, like he's abandoned me. At times, it feels like you're going to break. It gets really, really hard. It gets really, really dark. It gets really, really scary sometimes. And that's exactly what's about to happen to Joseph. And it's not a brief little thunderstorm. It's a hurricane that hits for an extended period of time. My brothers, listen to me. Life is not fair. Life doesn't go the way we want it to go. Very bad things happen to good men. This life here on earth, this is not your best life now. Your best life is on the other side, heaven. The hurricanes of life just happen. And when they do, they will beat you down and try to break you. And what do we do when the hurricane comes. We do what we're going to see Joseph do repeatedly. We live manly. We trust and obey God. That's living manly. We trust God through the hurricane and obey his word. We do exactly what Proverbs 3 verses 5 through 8 commands us to do. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. When the hurricane comes and beats us down, We don't turn to our old sinful ways to medicate the pain or to provide us a temporary escape. You've done that before. Don't do that anymore. We fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Why? Because in due time, God says it will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Holiness brings wholeness. When are we going to get that fact through our heads and down deep in our hearts? Holiness brings wholeness. James said, blessed is the man who endures temptation, trials, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. So let the hurricane come. Let it come. Don't run from it. Walk towards it. Go face it. Stand in the midst of it. 
for our God, he is like the old hymn says. He is a shelter in the time of storm, a shelter in the time of the hurricane. Draw near to God. He'll draw near to you. I keep telling myself that this week. Draw near to God. He'll draw near to you, James 4.8. Man, when God's near, I can face anything. I can face the hurricane. that song it's so good so good couple closing items of grizz biz and then we're out first of all for all you guys who are regular listeners would you please go beyond being a mere consumer of the grizz podcast and become a partner with us i'm talking about becoming a monthly financial supporter to our nonprofit ministry which is narrow trail ministries Every week, we're doing our best to provide good, solid, biblical, and relevant content to help you as a Christian man. I think you guys can see that we're not only dropping one episode a week, but we're trying to up it and drop two episodes per week, bringing the meat twice a week. So if this podcast is a blessing in your life, then be a blessing back to our nonprofit ministry by becoming a monthly financial supporter for as little as $10 per month. That's a mere $250 per week. Our ministry would not exist without the faithful prayers and financial support of listeners just like yourself. So go to our ministry website, narrowtrail.com, narrowtrail.com, and click on our Give page to set that up with your credit or your debit card. I promise it is safe, it is secure, it's easy, and we always send you a record of all your giving for tax purposes. Number two, we have a closed Facebook group called the Grizz Tribe. If you'd like to be part of that community of brothers from other mothers around the world, there is a link in the show notes. What else we got? Uh, Leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to The Grizz. That will also help us out. It doesn't have to be long to be good, but leave us a short rating, something. And then what else do we have here? If you're tired of falling to pornography or some other sexual sin, if you're tired of battling it alone, then join one of our climb teams. We have a new one forming soon. It is a great place to find connection, support, guidance, encouragement, and accountability. We're not here to judge or condemn you. We're here to help you learn, grow, and overcome. Climb teams are online small groups for Christian dudes who are serious about fighting sin in their life. They meet once per week for approximately one hour and I'm right there leading the meeting. 
go to our ministry website, narrowtrail.com, and click on the Climb Teams page to learn more, and you can fill out our short online application. Let's see. Last thing, if you would like to reach out and contact me, uh, my email will be in the show notes. That is info at narrowtrail.com, info at narrowtrail.com. If you send an email there, it will come to me. You can also connect with me on Facebook and LinkedIn. Again, I'll put links in the show notes from my brothers. So share this episode with a friend who needs this encouragement or your men's group. Uh, and that's it. Grizz is out. But I think Dauber wants to do the outro. So I don't know what's coming. Where is he? Dauber, I turn it over to you, my brother. Is this still on? This is Matt from Porn Free Radio. And right now I'm driving around Chicagoland with my 2004 champagne-colored Buick with a broken side-view mirror listening to the Grizz. You know how I roll. Yeah. But it's not just about listening to a podcast. It's like the man says. It's about stepping up and manning up and going out there and living it out in this jacked-up world. And that's what I'm doing. I hope you're grizzing. I'm grizzing, too. All right, I'm out of here. Deuces. The G, the R, the I, the Z, nobody beats the Grizz.